Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Dee Dee. <laughs> I'll just put it out there and just say I'm just a tad bit nervous. But so just send out some, you know, prayers while you're listening at the same time. I've got a lot going on, just like I know many of you do, but I am sure that this uh, message that I have to share is for someone because it went through a lot for it to get up here. So my name is Maxine Dallin, and I feel blessed to have the opportunity to share my story with you today and how it relates to our topic of commitment. And I don't know who this story is for, but it's for someone. A few unusual circumstances happened during the process of preparing this, including my uncle's funeral, which is in Tampa at 10 o'clock this morning. But I felt led to be here, especially because the topic is commitment. I was just saying how, you know, I can't back out because the topic is commitment, right? <laughs> but my uncle was a dedicated Christian man. If anyone is thinking like, oh, she missed her uncle's funeral, I'm going to the funeral still, okay? He was a dedicated Christian man, and he lived a full life. So although we're going to miss him dearly, it's something to celebrate. We're celebrating his life. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I've been involved with mom since its inception, which I think is about eight years now. It has been a blessing to me and my family in numerous ways. Some of what you'll hear from me today are some of the things I've learned from moms, and I've proven them to be true. My husband, Jesse, and I have just celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary last week. Thank you. And my parents celebrated their 50th anniversary on the 27th. Yeah, that was a big deal. Talk about commitment. I'm so grateful to say that I've had a great example of commitment because of their faithfulness to each other, my parents. I have a daughter, Kinshasa, who went to Bethany for nine years, and my son, Joseph, also went here for several years. I had the pleasure to serve as past PTF president and as a board member with Dave Ingram, for those of you who know him. So before I start, I'd like to get a working definition of the two words, commit and commitment, just so we're on the same page. I know that as moms, we all know what that means. Thank you for your testimony, Marianne, because that's some serious commitment she had going on there. But there are a lot of good synonyms for the word commitment and I don't think we stop to think about them. So commitment as a noun, a promise to do or give something, a promise to be loyal to someone or something, the attitude of someone who works very hard to do or support something, a pledge to do something in the future, fidelity, allegiance, attachment, constancy, dedication, devotedness, faith, faithfulness, loyalty and then commit as a verb action. To say that someone or something will definitely do something to make obligated to do something. So I was invited to share my story. That's our theme for moms this year. We're all sharing our stories. And this is just one part of my testimony that has helped to make me who I am today as a mom and a wife and how commitment plays into all of that. First, I wanna to apologize to any first time pregnant moms. 
because the story really is not that pretty. But thank God that the Lord has a different plan for everyone, and this is just my story. In 1996, I gave birth to my daughter, Kinshasa. She was delivered at 27 weeks gestation and weighed 3 pounds, 10 ounces. Although she was considered a big preemie, she was quite underdeveloped and in a bit of trouble. All of her APGAR scores were zeros. She had no heartbeat. It was traumatizing. As a first-time mom, I had no idea what to expect, but I can certainly say I wasn't expecting all that was to come. It was a huge struggle for both the baby and I. You see, I had developed eclampsia, a process where the baby no longer gets oxygen and the vital nutrients it needs to form in the womb. As fate would have it, I was on my way that morning to Tallahassee for work, which was all I could think about. At this stage in my life, I was very dedicated to work, committed to work. You see, I had just purchased my first maternity outfit. It was a business suit, and I was really excited to wear it. All along, I had just looked like I'd gained a few pounds. You know that look, right, ladies? My new suit made me look pregnant and powerful and cute, I thought. <laughs> well, the Lord clearly had another plan for me that day and for the baby. I never made it to Tallahassee. Unlike our scheduling, God's timing is always perfect. I had a doctor's appointment at 9 o'clock that morning. And after not hearing what she was looking for, which was a strong heartbeat, my doctor sent me over to the hospital for some tests, as she put it. She detected that there was a serious problem, and now I'm glad that she didn't share that information with me at the time. Looking back, I can say that she was committed to protecting me, her patient. I protested with her. I had a plane to catch. Couldn't we do this some other day? She told me I wasn't getting on a plane that day. Okay, I thought. I'm silently panicking now. You see, I'm usually an obedient person, but in my mind, I'm fighting with her, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. I have work to do. I was responsible for this grant presentation at the state of Florida, Department of Cultural Affairs in Tallahassee, and they were expecting me on time. And my boss, she was expecting me to be there too. I had the only copy of the grant that I was supposed to present before the deciding committee. $100,000 was on the line. To say I freaked out a little bit is an understatement. But little did I know how much the Lord was committed to me that day. While I was wrestling with how to handle this work situation, my doctor was running around the office canceling her appointments, moving patients around to see other doctors, and I was clueless. Another issue was trying to contact my husband. You see, this was back in the days of beepers. And at the time, he worked nights. At this hour of the morning, it was about 10 o'clock now, he was just settling down to get some serious sleep. The receptionist tried to reach him, and he was just not returning the calls. The pain started to hit, like, real hard as I sat in the doctor's office. Later on, I found out that the pain was from the placenta tearing away from the uterus, known as placental abruption. That's the kind of ugly part. Which can cause severe bleeding and death of the fetus and or the mother. What started out as a beautiful, exciting morning turned downhill. In my pain, I still struggled with what to do with this grant. Could I still do whatever these tests were that she wanted me to do and still catch my 2 o'clock plane? Where was my husband? Ouch, I'm doubled over in pain now. So Jesse shows up. 
We race to the hospital and then we get lost. This was actually our first time going to the hospital where I was going to deliver. We hadn't done the tour. Lamaze classes started like in two weeks later. So we hadn't done that. And I can't help him with looking for stuff because I'm in so much pain. I'm moaning and I'm crying and I'm confused among other things. I'm like, what is all of this? I hadn't read about this in the maternity books. The pregnancy had been completely perfect up until this point. We finally get to the emergency entrance. And unbeknown to me, my doctor had made all kinds of arrangements before I got there. I was immediately strapped down on a gurney and wheeled through the hallways. It was like a bad scene from ER, the hit TV drama of that time that I had just watched two days before about a pregnant woman losing her life and her baby. Be careful what you watch on TV. My head was swirling and I'm in the worst pain of my life and I'm thinking, how can I get a copy of this grant back to the office? Will I be responsible for losing a $100,000 grant award? I was committed. Here come the tests. I'm told some quick instructions which didn't really register in my brain. Emergency C-section? Wait, what does that mean again? In my confusion, I was so lost. But thank God, my naiveness protected me from losing it altogether. I just followed instructions. I was fully sedated, and they took the baby. When I came to, I was clueless. I felt drunk and numb and terrified. Was the baby still there? Did she make it? Why are my arms strapped down? I was simply too scared to ask, so I didn't. I shook my head to get out of the effects of the anesthesia. I wanted to get someone's attention. I began to mumble, but because I, I couldn't talk. I kept thinking, please, someone fill me in. But I just couldn't say it. Eventually, when my doctor came, she told me I had delivered a girl, but that it was iffy. She really wasn't doing well and that I couldn't see her yet. She was on life support in the NICU, and that I was going to the ICU on another floor. I looked at her blankly. In my state, the whole thing just didn't make any sense. I guess I'm not getting on a plane after all. But I thank God now that he was fully committed to me. Fast forward after a six-week stay in the hospital, much prayer, and care by wonderful hospital staff, Kinshasa came home, and I am still thanking God for his commitment to us on that day and ever since. I'd like to introduce you to my daughter, Kinshasa, <laughs> who I'm so proud of. She graduated last year from Calvary Christian Academy with an honors diploma and is now attending the University of Tampa. And this is my wonderful mother-in-law, Ma. She's visiting from New York. And by the way, my grant application was so well written that it came in with the highest ranking and the organization was awarded the $400,000. Cause you know I was committed, right? <laughs> As wives, mothers, daughters, employees, business owners, etc., whatever we do, whatever the hat is, we are committed to all kinds of things every day. But how does your commitment fall in line with God's plan? I've had to reevaluate my commitments numerous times throughout my life, like focusing on a grant when my life is in danger. I have a funny little story I'd like to share about commitment as a mom. Two weeks into college, 
my daughter, we call her Shas for short, called me and she says in that kind of dramatic teenage voice that they do, she's like, what is my mother going to say? Because I didn't tell her. Thank you, mom, for teaching me how to do laundry properly. And she went on to say how these kids just didn't know what they were doing. She saw one kid put his clothes in the machine with no detergent. You know, it was funny, but in my mind, it was a relief. She was truly thankful and appreciative and called me just to thank me for teaching this to her. Our whole conversation was about doing the laundry. I thought all my hard work and nagging and constant reminding and frustration had finally paid off. That's a commitment. (laughs) Moms, as we know, it takes commitment to make it happen, make it all happen. When it comes to your relationship with the Lord and your spiritual life, are you committed to the right thing? Do you need to change up a few things? I've made many adjustments along the way, and maybe you might want to consider some too. I'd like you to turn with me into your Happy Hearts section of your magazine. And this is such a great resource, ladies, so make sure you use it. I'm not going to go over everything in the section. You can read it in detail on your own. But I just want to highlight a few things that have helped me, and I think they'll help you too. What are you committed to? Do you have a plan? What habits are you practicing on a daily, monthly, or yearly basis? Whether we are conscious of it or not, we're all committed to something. It can be something good or something bad. What we are committed to should be defined by God's standards, not our own or by what our culture dictates. God's word has so much to say about commitment. I honestly didn't realize how much until I started working on this. And I can say that all of a sudden, when the topic of commitment came up, Proverbs 16.3 just suddenly started following me. Everywhere I went, it was just like popping up at other people's churches and wherever I was at. Proverbs 16.3 tells us to commit whatever we do to the Lord and we will be successful. That is the key to success, ladies. Whatever it is, big, small, insignificant, that we may think it's insignificant, it's not insignificant to God. Sometimes our well-intentioned commitments can cause us to get distracted and out of God's will. That is a huge issue with moms, right? We get so caught up in whatever it is that may be going on. And in God's word, it's right there in your booklet. Martha was so focused on things that were not important and she wasn't rewarded for it. It it didn't make the Lord happy. Let your commitments always be about the right thing. And that is whatever God wants you to do in that season of your life. Whatever he wants you to do right now, he'll let you know it. We can cause others to commit sin because of our lack of commitment to the Lord. As moms, our influence is wide. We we feel a lot of people around us, not just our husbands and our children. Coworkers, your neighbor. Your neighbor was not put there across the street next to you on your block by whatever, you know, by just the throw of the dice. It is all ordained by God. If there's someone in your life that you keep on running into, pray about it. Ask the Lord, what is it 
that you want me to do with this person? How can I affect them? As I was researching this in uh, Second Kings, it's there on your page, 3.3 and 10.31 and some other places, these leaders in the city, they weren't committed to the Lord. They fell out of uh, the Lord's plan. And because of that, everything else went downhill. They affected their communities and the cities just went haywire. So we are very important. We affect those people who are around us. On this, the second page there, being spiritually committed to the Lord is a reciprocal relationship. I kind of always knew this, but I never like consciously thought about it until when I started realizing all the benefits of being committed to God. He has made his promises clear to us in his word, too many to count. It's such a blessing for us. In Second Chronicles, he promises to show himself strong to those whose heart is loyal to him. In Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, he promises to keep in perfect peace those whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. And in Isaiah 40, 31, we're told those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. I want new strength. I'm sure you ladies need new strength. We all need new strength. It's a new year. We need new strength. There's so many things that I've learned being involved with moms. And some of, you know, what I've learned is um, things that I've gleaned from Vicky and Sandy and other people in Didi. And the ones that have really worked for me and that have really stood out, I've put them here, kind of narrowed them down to eight different things that we can do to apply God's word. Just practical little ideas that when you leave here right now, you can start doing it. One, assess your commitments. Get rid of those that are not honoring to the Lord. Ask him what he wants for your life. When the Lord reveals to you what he wants you to do, commit to it, and he will. Share it with a friend. And I see I'm going to jump down to number seven because my prayer partner is leaving. (laughs) Bye, Tina. And I just want to thank her. That's one of my things on here is she asked me to be her prayer partner, and I was kind of reluctant. It's been, I guess, about a year and a half now or so. And she has been such a tremendous blessing in my life. Ladies, that's something that you can do. You don't even have to see the person on a regular basis. A couple of times we've had to do it by cell phone or we just take each other's prayer requests and then we go our separate ways. But it's been a tremendous blessing. Okay, I'm going to go back up. Uh, get into a women's Bible study. Rio has an awesome women's Bible study, and you're going to hear about the new one that's coming up soon. I've been doing them for many years. Such a blessing. You don't have to be a part of a women's group. to be. You don't have to be there. There are Bible studies online, and you can do it with someone long distance. Purchase a woman's devotional CD from Lifeway Christian Bookstore. Who spends a ton of time in the car? Anybody live in Plantation? Okay. You in the white with the heart? Yes, this is for you. I'm blessing you with a devotional CD because I spend so much time in the car and there are some really good ones out there. But in particular, I highly recommend the Priscilla Shire CD and the Lifeway Woman's Devotions Volume 1 or 2. They're short, they're sweet, get you in and out, and they speak to your heart. If you haven't already done so, commit to pray for your spouse and your children daily. 
ask them for their prayer requests. I've been doing that with my daughter since she's been away at school, and it's such a tremendous blessing. Then I get with my prayer partner, and we pray about it, and it's so exciting when I can tell my daughter, we prayed about that, and she comes back to me with you know such a wonderful testimony how things turned around, whether it's an exam or whatever it is, because you know our children need to be protected. And then I can go back to my prayer partner, and that encourages her too. Um, use your Bible app to send you a daily verse and then text it to a friend and look for ways to be encouraging to others. Seek godly counsel when you need it. They're important. Christian counselors are awesome people. And ladies, I just want to tell you from the beginning of Psalm 3311, but the plans of the Lord stand firm. He's committed to us. Be committed to him. And on the top, also on the top of your page, in the booklet, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts is loyal to him. If you're loyal to him, committed to him, faithful to him, steadfast, he'll be there for you. Thank you.